Who wants an 11-window bus? How about a Brasilia? Maybe even a Puma? Well, on today's episode, you guys find out. If you want one of these fine cars imported from Brazil and the many others that are available, keep listening. Today, we've got Brian Hamrick on here. Brian Hamrick uh, spent a few years in Brazil, and he now also imports cars from Brazil, specifically Volkswagens, because he's a VW guy, and we're VW guys. And so when you're trying to show up at the next car meet with something a little bit unique that not everybody has, hit up Brian after the podcast, check him out, and he might be able to help you locate one of those unique 15-window buses that are pretty dope or a Gia TC. But everything you ever wanted to know about importing a car from Brazil on today's podcast. A Volkswagen is a nice station wagon to have around the house. Hey everybody, on today's podcast, uh, we're going to do something interesting, uh, a little story to kind of catch up as to where this started. So about about a year ago, it was during June, it was the VW, it was the Salt Lake VW Classic. And while I was there, uh, I ran across a Gia TC. Now, for those of you who don't know, a Gia TC is, is one of the these crazy looking mini Maverick looking Carmen Gias that come out of Brazil. And I was standing there looking at it and it had a little phone number written on the windshield and and I was going crazy because I thought, man, this car's for sale and it's just sitting right here. And I thought, man, I got to find this car. And I end up calling the guy. We end up chatting for a little bit. And long story short, I don't buy the car, but we definitely had a lot of interest in the Gia TC. And I got to talking to this gentleman and he imports cars out of Brazil and all this kind of stuff. So today I've got him on the podcast. So on the podcast today, we've got Brian Hamrick and he's out of Colorado Springs. Brian, welcome to the podcast. Great to be here. Hey, so uh, we met at the Salt Lake VW Classic. Yeah, Utah Classic. Utah Classic, yes. Yeah, the Utah Classic. And you were out of Colorado. You were in the swap meet. That's why I didn't see you. You weren't standing by the car. And then I'd gone over and called you. We text back and forth. And uh, we ended up chatting about the Gia. So for those listeners that are listening right now, we're gonna we're we've got a lot of digging to do here, and we're gonna find out how you're the you're the guy to Brazil. If, so if anybody's listening right now is wanting to get something out of Brazil, you're, we're we're gonna be listening to the podcast, to talk to the guy, get you something out of Brazil. But explain to the listeners what the Gia the Gia TC is. Okay, so the Carmen Gia TC uh, stands for Touring Coupe. It's uh, it's it's kind of a fastback. It's got a Type Three motor in it, uh, but it's still based on the uh, Type One platform. And it was just a uh, an idea that they had somewhere in 1973. They came up with the concept. They had a uh, a designer there at Volkswagen, and uh, he came up with the idea. Carmen signed on to it. Uh, there is a Carmen uh, factory there, and uh, so they started making them till about 76, 77, and uh, made about 19,000 of them. Uh, right now. Uh, I worked with uh, the inestimable, awesome Lee Hedges to try to create the uh, Carmen Gia TC registry. So we've got a little Facebook page going, and uh, I think we're up to about seven cars now. And I've I've reached out to all my Brazilian buddies, but uh, it's a, it's a really unique car. It's uh, you know it's just a standard Type Three with the dual carbs, and uh, it's it's real roomy inside. 
uh, a lot like the uh, Type 34. And it's essentially got kind of the standard uh, Carmigay front end, and then it's got a little bit of a 911 love for the uh, for the rear there. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the best way I could describe the car when you when when I look at it anyway is it to me it looks like a Maverick, like a Ford Maverick, but like a mini, like a scaled down version of it. But it's what I love about it. It's it's uniquely Volkswagen by looking at it, but you can tell it's got that kind of like that Brazilian flair. You know what I mean? It's like just, just right. something way out of left field. Um, so. With the Gia TC, um, there's not not many of them produced. I mean, nineteen thousand is pretty thin. Now, I want to get into how you started getting these cars out of Brazil, and, and when did you first see a Gia TC? Uh, probably when I lived there. Um, I lived there for a couple of years uh, back in the uh, early '90s, and then uh, you know, just that whole you know Brazilian Volkswagen scene just kind of never really left me, and. Uh, uh, fast forward 20 something years, I, I decided that uh, I was going to go back and finish a, a degree uh, that I'd put on the back burner. And, uh, and so while I was there, I was, I was trying to, uh, to mix in the fact that I already knew Portuguese. I, I knew German cause I grew up uh, in Germany and I was just trying to, to milk uh, something out of that. And I was getting this uh, international relations degree thing. And so I, I petitioned the, um, the guy that was chairing the, you know, getting my degree done to uh, what I was going to do for my sort of final um, thesis. Yeah, or... yeah, exactly. And so I said, hey, I'm going to go down to Brazil. I'm going to scope out the whole exporting or importing, you know, to here business of a Volkswagen bus. So I went down there for like three months, just went everywhere, looked at every imaginable thing, bought a bus, shipped it up here uh, into Oakland and, uh, and, and sold it pretty quickly and, you know, got my, got, you know, wrote up the whole experience and, uh, end up getting my, my degree. And, um, you know, the TC had just kind of always stuck on my brain because it's just so odd and different. Um, and I think everybody knows that, that burgundy one that, mm-hmm. um, that guy up in, in Finland has done. Yeah, there's one and that's it, super nice. on Yeah. There. And he put like those, those, uh, really polished. Peaks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, uh, and that thing just kind of sticks in your brain. And, uh, and the one I have, uh, it's a 74. We, we imported it and, uh, we're, we're still sitting on it, waiting for somebody to kind of come up close to what we're, we're trying to get out of it. But, uh, you know, it's just a really neat car and everybody who sees it just is kind of in awe because it's just so different and cool looking. Yeah. They're, they're definitely good looking. So, um, now with now you, did you import a bus you said originally? Yeah, the first thing I imported was uh, just a standard, you know, like everybody knows, the old uh, 15 window oh, yeah. Brazilian bus. It was a 72. So in 72, they still had a split front windshield or they had 15 window with a wraparound front windshield? Was it a bay front, split back half? I mean, is it like a hybrid or is it split front windshields? No, split front windshields. The um, But it's got the late model big taillights, right? It's So the, the, the standard sort of ovalized taillights that mm-hmm. were the, the 66, 67, you yeah. know, U.S. market buses. Uh, those remained until 75. Brazil didn't switch over to Bay Window until 1976. But now, Brazil had a manufacturing plant there. Or yeah. Th- it wasn't a CKD plant. It was like a full no. flowed, full-fledged manufacturing plant because I owned a Puma for a short while. Nice. And I... Was it a factory Puma or a kit Puma? No. Well, it was a factory Puma, Um 
that I bought out of Lancaster. And I actually just sold it to Joel Moore from more performance who was on the podcast previously. Um, I bought it out of Lancaster and thought, oh man, I'm going to hook this thing up. And then I tried to get in it one day and I was like, I don't even fit in this car. <laughs> they're, they're tight. Yeah. It's like, it's almost like you're laying down for a land speed record when you get in those things. So um, I don't know if those were built for the the Brazilian children or uh, I'm not a hundred percent, but uh, the TC is more my speed because it seemed like, you know, big enough for me to fit in. So now I want to ask about the bus. So researching the bus down there, do you know some of the reasons why that bus is the way that it is? Because recently at Barrett Jackson, I'd gone, uh, um, we did a couple live videos there and I think I've, I've showed maybe a few of the Brazilian buses that were there and they're definitely unique. I mean, like the, the cargo door is like a barn door cargo door and there's some real oddball stuff about those buses. Do you know why those buses are that way? Yeah, I've, I've done, you know, hundreds of hours of research on it, both out of just personal interest and then also just because I I have imported them. Um, you know, obviously there's a lot of, of both misinformation. There's a lot of kind of attitude. Um, you know, everybody loves the, the German built ones. Um, but the, the, the Brazilian factory didn't have any reason to change to the bay window. There was no, you know, no safety regulations. Exactly. That were there. And so they just kept making them, you know, with, with the, the split window front end and the, and the corner windows, like the, like the 15 windows, you know, so they've got, you know, the, 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 the big window narrow hatch because of the corner windows. And, and then, then they were still uh, split window in the front until 72, they, everything looked very similar to the 66, 67 that we're familiar with, um, except for the corner windows. But then in 73 to 75, they had the front emblem stamped in the front, in the body, in the body. And it just, I mean, and that throws a lot of people off because it definitely looks odd and, and looks kind of, you know, different, but you know, you know, if you want a driver that you're not scared to drive and you didn't pay, a, you know, $80,000 on or whatever, you know, it's, it's a great way to get into a split window bus and just have fun. The, the last one that I saw go to go through Barrett Jackson, there was two there and they both went through at around the forty to fifty thousand dollar price range. One thing I couldn't figure out is why in the world are those rain gutters so wavy on those things? It just seems like, and I don't know if that's just like the Brazilian style, like eh, we're not that precise over here. It's close enough, it's good enough for Brazil. Or I, I, but I did notice on both those cars the rain gutter had a little bit of wave to it, and it just looked like the bodywork was a little substandard. I don't know if that's like a Brazilian thing or if that's maybe because those things get a lot of rust down there or they, they well i tell you this much the one thing that those things cars are is they are the ultimate people's car they are beat on they're driven a lot of the big cities down there still have full-on cobblestone roads so they're just getting rattled and beat on you go down to the somebody goes out to the farm and they load that thing up with you know fruits and veggies and they stand on the corner selling fruits and veggies all all weekend long to passersby and so they get beat up and and unfortunately that's one of the things that I've noticed is that you know you've got these really glitzy glossy ones that are coming in and these guys have there's a lot of mud on them there's a lot of hidden stuff on there and so the guys that are doing the rebuilding and fixing of them down there th there's a lot of them it's a big country i mean sao paulo is the second largest most populous city in the world behind mexico city and so 
every corner's got a little lateria, as they call it, which is the you know paint and body shop. And some of these guys are just flinging mud around, and it's hard to hard to know what you're getting and what's underneath there. And I always tell people, it's it's almost better to get something that's driver grade original paint because then you can see what you've got versus these guys that are stamping the you know the the the, the roof windows and the and the rag top in and turning them into you know this kind of quasi 23 window bus and yeah no and so I, I think one of the keys is and, and one of the good parts about having you on the podcast is, is if someone wants to have a 23 window and they want to and they want somebody that's going to be able to they know what they're getting if they deal with you and start working through you to get this bus you've got contacts down there to where you can right. actually, I mean, you, you live there for a few years, you speak the language fluently, you're, you're familiar with the territory and the, and some of the people and the process and stuff down there. So uh, that, that's a, that's a good aspect for people, especially if you're like wanting a 23 window and you don't want to spend a hundred grand, but let's say you got, is it, is it reasonable to say if you got 25 grand, you can drag one out of there? Do you think, I mean, a driver grade 23, not. Yeah. Not, I mean, and again, remember the, the, they only made 15 window buses. They never had skylight window. I mean, of the glass or that. So everything that's, that's 23 right. window is it's just stamped retrofitted. Because because I have a, you know a, a friend of mine's got one at his shop right now, and he had he was buying new window rubber for it for the roof, and the windows are like 12 inches for a 21 window and 14 inches for a 23. Well, for the Brazilian. Right. cars they're not the same right it's not the same deal so that's interesting so so are, are they stamping the skylights in brazil or they're not doing that or no, that, that that's all being done after market the only thing that in ever brazil. came the only thing that ever came out of out of the brazilian factory was 11 13 and 15 window buses so period. 15 windows if you're looking for a decent 15 window which in theory everybody's saying they're more rare than 23s now but a 15 window you can you can get all day out of Brazil. Right. Cuz that's what the majority of them were up until the end of 75. No, no sunroofs. No sunroofs. So they were all just 15 window buses yep. and now people are bringing them here, slapping a roof section on them, selling them as a 23 and that that now makes sense to me why the rain gutters look all jacked yeah. up because whoever's doing it, I probably know how they're doing it and there's been this dialogue back and forth that I've my brother's building a couple of buses down at his shop. And a couple have had roofs stamped in place and a couple have had roof sections welded in. The roofs that are stamped in place right over the cargo doors, it gets really, really warped um, because of the pressure they're putting on it, however they're stamping it, but it it requires a substantial amount of body work. So so that now answers my question as to how, how, because I couldn't make sense of like, man, why are these roofs all jacked up? Like, man, they did a terrible job at the factory, but now realizing that they, that they're not, they don't have 23 windows in Brazil. They have they 15 never, windows. Yeah. Okay. They never had 21s, never had 23s. No, they didn't even have sunroofs ever in their, in their buses. And so it, when you see a 23 window coming out of Brazil, you know, it's been stamped and somebody at a shop or whatever has done that. Right. And my, my opinion personal opinion is go with the 15 window because it's standard it's factory that's what it come would have come out of the factory makes sense you know and you always hear people saying oh well you know things don't align and they use the old dyes from germany and and i'll tell you this much being in manufacturing i, I work in the you know in the, in the plastic injection molding world right it, there is no way that a factory turning out 200 
thousand cars a year would ever use ill-fitting pieces so that the guys down at the assembly line would have to do trimming and special cutting to make things fit. So that's definitely a myth that that is important to remember. But again, it is Brazilian. Well, it's it's making sense to me now because I couldn't understand why if they were doing it based off of VW stuff, why the why the roof windows would be different and why all that stuff. So that's just somebody either in Brazil or somebody here fabbing something up because there's been a couple that I've seen and there there's some there's some quite interesting yeah. buses. And most of that's being done there before they come up here. And that's why when you go onto the Facebook pages and all that stuff and you see these Brazilian 23s, why there's things that look off because the 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 stamping that they're using is according to what they saw because they didn't have them down there in, in the first place. Now, are they all bench seat buses? Yes. They're all bench seats. So they, yeah, no they, walkthroughs. They didn't do walkthroughs because obviously in Brazil, it was like, you got to get everybody up in this Right, nine-seater. and Right, everything's a nine-seater. And then um, the, I noticed that uh, the all the door handles and stuff are all early-style door handles. So yes, they're all still ice pick style. Yeah. So every, and, and high hinge, which is another thing that throws a lot of people off. Yeah, so they're they're all rolling high hinges, ice uh, you know, the ice box style handles. And um, I noticed the, the radio was kind of late model looking. It was like rubber knob radio. I mean, these things are kind of like a hodgepodge of different parts and pieces. And yet I'm still a little confused because I think everyone that I've seen has been mishandled. Like it's not a right off the boat Brazilian. I think these are people trying to get them to look more like like a 23 window bus instead of like, okay, this is just a Brazilian bus and this is how they come. Cause as I'm on the internet here, eyeballing pictures of the Brazilian buses, it's, it's making more sense to me now. So the Brazilian buses is unique in and of itself as to how it's produced. And I think maybe keeping one as a 15 window may even have more value than if you make it a 23. Yeah, that, that's my opinion as well. Um, what else about these cars? I know the the I mean everything on them is early style. Like the the gauges are all early style. Yeah, and, and the turn signal switches are that real early style. Yeah. So I mean, they're and they came they came with the cardboard interior and stuff like this, like the almost like a standard type deal. Some did, some didn't. Again, they they also had you know deluxe and standard. Mm-hmm. So the 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 standard didn't come with any sort of interior. That did come some with a headliner, some did not. Um, some of them obviously had the the deluxe welting that went around the edge with the color insert that kind of thing. And uh, but most of them that you'll see and that you find are going to be you know standard style and very you know kind of cut down that's the other thing that you're going to find is the cut dashes oh my gosh every single one of them's cut because those guys would put something aftermarket in them yeah um, well and the and the, the factory radio it may not even be on the same frequency as we are here yeah know? they have standard am fm they didn't have oh, they like do? yeah europe would sometimes have am fm shortwave or am shortwave and that was different there but yeah they're they're different frequency i mean same frequencies but obviously they have a different numbering format now do those do those buses have m code plates too on them on those buses there uh sort of they're not the same as as what ours look like yeah uh, like the ones that came from germany mm-hmm. yeah because this uh they sometimes have it looks like this got like a, a riveted serial number plate behind the driver's side yeah instead of an m code plate right so how would you would would they allow options and stuff back then like could you option it out or they just kind of came you got a or b and that was it 
Yeah, there weren't very many options other than deluxe or standard. You could get, you know, obviously some some material and interior color mm-hmm. changes and different things. But other than that, they were pretty standard vanilla. Um, you know, they were just producing them. I mean, again, you've got this hugely populous country and they needed a, a, a fairly decent car to get people moved around. And, you know, that's kind of how they go. I mean, the, the, the bugs are kind of interesting. I mean, they were all small window until 77. Really? Yeah. So sometimes like when I've gone down there, I've gone into the junkyards and pulled small window pop outs and they're, they're factory built with factory glass. Um, and so they fit beautifully. Whereas, you know, you, you know, there's a lot of companies repopping them and sometimes you get that funky, you know, fit. And so now did they make the, was the SP in Brazil too? Yeah. You got the SP one and SP two. The yeah. SP the SP one was kind of Puma ish. The SP two is that really sexy, yeah. you know. I mean, very Porsche ish, and it, it looks like a hybrid between between like a a two forty Z and then the, the like a nine nine twenty eight or yeah, nine forty four. Yeah. It's got a, it definitely got a hybrid look to it. Yeah, but yeah. So I mean, really, any of those cars, if someone's looking to get them, they can get with you, and you can start coordinating getting those cars imported. Because tell me about the the, the process to import a vehicle. I mean, it's it's and especially in Brazil, we talked about it because you spent a few years there. People would send you mail there. Your mail would get cut open and going through. So it's we're not going to say it's the most ethical place as far as like doing business. So I think the the, the scary part for people that want to do it is some people think, well, I'll just you know why would I pay this guy to middleman it for me when I just go do it myself? And then meanwhile they'll just get a, a box of hay or something in the mail. Yeah. So which is the value that you bring to the table by being able to have connections down there and, and bring these, bring these buses or cars in. Um, what's the process involved to get a car there? I mean, just generally. Well, I mean, once you've identified what you want to buy, Mm -hmm. we go down there, we, we take the transaction. I have, I have trusted buyers who have legitimate businesses who will go purchase those. We generally give you a flat price that includes any fees that they're going to charge. And then we decide on how you want to ship it. You can ship it, you know, if we get two buyers, we can put it in a container, keep it nice and safe from, you know, any dings and knocks or anything like that. But container shipping is expensive. Out of Brazil, it's like fifty-five to fifty-eight hundred dollars for, for a forty-foot container, which is two buses max. Because it's um, not on the way anywhere. Like that's a that's that's it, a it's long. Just, it's just a flat fee for the use of the container. Period. Right. Um, which is very expensive. In, in the shipping world, but it's just one of those things, our trades with them and they have a lot of, of, you know, things that you've got to do. The car's got to be registered and running to leave the country. I can't bring anything in that doesn't have an engine that's registered to the title. Um, and so there's a lot of paperwork and back stuff that has to go on in the country. But once you have that all taken care of and you get the thing on the boat, now you can also do what they call row row, which is roll on, roll off which is, you know, the car is just going to sit somewhere in, you know, a secure place, either on the deck, below the deck or whatever. With an emergency brake or strapped in place? Yeah, strapped in place, you know, with the wheels down, like you do with a, a flat trailer or something okay. like that. Um, you know, and that's like 2300 bucks. So that that can really be, and if you're not getting anything that's been fully freshly painted and everything, that's a great way to go. Now, does port of destination make a difference? It can. It doesn't really change a whole lot. So whether you're going to Florida or Houston, where it really changes if you're trying to go to the West Coast. I always tell people, come into Houston and then drive either the Southern route from Southern California or just pay somebody to drive it up to Northern, you know, somewhere in the North because the, the extra cost and time 
Um, I, we, we imported a Brasilia um, last year to Vancouver and the extra to go through the, the Panama Canal all the way up to Vancouver was almost $1,700 more, yeah. which is insane. I mean, you can, you can get a transport from Florida to, to Washington State for six fifty. You know, That's and crazy. so, yeah, so it just makes more sense just to come in to, I, I usually say either Florida or Houston and Houston's really nice just because I've got some good connections there where I've guys got um, both warehousing and unloading all in one shot. Um, so you don't have to pay extra. I've also purchased a, uh, an importer's bond, which also bypasses some of the other stuff like x-raying the car for being packed foot with contraband Colombian gold <laughs> uh, I got what you're saying. Eh, it's on the other saying. side of the country but uh, you yeah, know listen listen it happens listen, I'm not gonna be mad if I get a Brasilia and now I'm a millionaire no one will question <laughs> how that happened um so I see you see I'm a lover of all things that are stupid so you just brought up Brasilia now you piqued my interest yeah <laughs> every t- I see I've seen a Brasilia last one I saw was titled out of Mexico did they sell those in Mexico too they did they were made in in Brazil and then sent up to Mexico and then there was a couple of years where it was a knockdown style mm-hmm. and and then they were just importing them to there and that was a, a fairly popular vehicle in in Mexico as there, well there was one in Salt Lake that I saw at a car show a couple of years ago and I think it sold for like 10 or 11,000 bucks and it was yeah. super nice low mileage OG all it needed was like slammed on a set of wheels and take the drivetrain out put on a shelf and put a big type 4 in there but um yeah yeah so the weird thing about the brazilians is the last one that i imported uh-huh. um it sat and sat and sat so it ended up at my house in colorado springs and the buyer ended up being in france so we really? so i so i put it back on a trailer and went back to a port and then went over to france because nobody wanted to buy it here, and I and I had made such a good deal on it that I was able to sell it here for forty five hundred bucks, and nobody touched it. Nobody would buy it for forty five hundred dollars. And, and I had it fully restored. I mean, I, I even had the pictures of the thing without paint, so wow. I, I had a full build sheet for it. So somebody would add like this freshest little thing, and you know, and of course that that actually is a Type Three. It's a Type Three yeah. Two One. But it's a What's full a type, type three with a type one motor in the right. back. That's even crazier. Right. Which is like the TC type three motor, but it's a full type one. Yeah, because I know on um, on the uh, on the Puma that I had, the Puma is actually on a Carmen Ghia pan. Right, because it's that wider. Because it's it's snubbed in the front. It's got that shorter. It doesn't have such a big uh, S curve in the front. So. So now your catalog of available things coming out of Brazil, you've got the 15 window bus. So anybody's wanting a 15 window bus for a real price that, and can you find them there? I mean, the, the climate there is kind of tropical. I mean, can you find stuff there that's somewhat solid? I mean, what's the difference? If I, if, if I want a bus, what should I expect to pay for a non-restored solid 15 window bus, Gia TC and Brasilia? What's my price range on those things here to the States? I'm going to so, ballpark. On a bus, I could probably get something here, landed, you know, without paying the U.S. side customs. Those are a couple, you know, three, four, five hundred dollars, depending on on some mm-hmm. of the details. But um, you could you could purchase ship and get something here, probably under eleven grand for a decent driver, you know, non restored. Really? Yeah, non restored fifteen window, mm-hmm. eleven grand. Yeah. But again, you, you've that, yeah, it's going to need some work. It's going to need some rockers but, done and some this and some that maybe, and maybe not even that. I mean, it's it, it, you would be amazed. At, but the but the problem is, is you've got a lot of the 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 Brazilian sellers 
who tack on all these extra things for themselves and they don't, you know, they're saying, Hey, you know, this is, this is $16,000, right. you know, delivered wherever. And you're like, you could have saved five grand. Yeah. And know? so like, if you're there, like if, so if someone, someone's going through you, they're not paying like the, some guy who bought it for like three muffins and a banana. And then he's now taking it to his place and selling it for $15,000. And, and it's covered in, and it's a, it, and they just keep like, yeah, hey, take it to Paco. Paco will just keep filling it with, uh, I don't know if Paco's a Brazilian name. I don't know it will be a Brazilian name, but this is just my attempt. Thiago. Yeah, Thiago. Yeah, take it to Thiago. He'll, he's going to do some jujitsu and then he's going to mud the fenders in. Like, because some of those things, they take him to some, those, some of those guys are artisans with a, with, oh, a, yeah. with a hawk and trowel and some bondo. But going through you because of your connections, you're actually going to, you're, dealing with car guys down there, right. people that know what they're looking for. And so a Brasilia, like, like, are you finding me a Brasilia for 4,500 bucks? Cause I'm yeah. in, I'm yeah. in. Yeah, easily. I'm in so, baby. So I'm I, 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 I find Brasilias down there. We can usually get them for around 3,200 bucks. And then if you do roll on, roll on shipping, it, it's here in your hand and you're, you're maybe $5,200. I got mine because I, 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 Piggyback something else. I piggled it, piggybacked it into a container and ended up with three cars in a container. So all of a sudden that $5,800 is now only divided down to three cars sure. in terms of the shipping. Cheap. So yeah. But again, I mean, you could, you could get yourself a, a Brasilia up here for under six grand clean and they're, they are such a fun car. They, and they, Cause the Brazil is on a type three chassis is a type three beam or type one beam in the Brasilia. It, 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 that's the weird thing about it. It's a type three, two, one, but it's, Type one beam, type one motor, everything, and there's there's no explanation as to why it was included in the type, the type three family, other than it was a square back. And yeah. now, now remember, you two also door. right two door. They also did make four door ones. They also remember they also have mm. var- they have variants four door and two door, which is kind of like the nine eleven. I mean, my nine four uh, twelves and four elevens. Gotcha. Similar to those, except for they've got a little bit more rounding to them. Mm-hmm. Um, you have the you've got the the goal G O L goal, yeah. which is the which is the front. I had the I had a golf fan shroud. I don't know if I sold it or what happened to it, but uh, I had one of those at one time. Yeah, and it's like a mini, uh, uh, whatever you call it, nine eleven style shroud. Yeah. And they uh, and that's you know again that's front wheel drive air cooled. Just yeah. such a weird thing. Yeah, and that's and that's why they said they have trouble with the thing, uh, with the with the thing running hot here because it's designed for the engine to be behind the front grill getting direct air. Yeah. I had uh, one of those shrouds cause it was like a ch- poor man's nine 11 shroud. Yeah. They it's are like a five blade shroud. I mean, it doesn't, it does nothing to cool the thing, I guess. But, uh, yeah, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm into all that stuff. I mean, I'm into all the, you know, well, if it's, if it's dumb and it's Volkswagen, I'm, I'm all in, man. So what I'm, you need to learn about is the gurgle G U R G E L. Some guy took, a, um, a, a a standard air-cooled Volkswagen and put kind of this funky Jeep uh, chassis on it. So it's like the Brazilian thing. They're super rare and they're super weird. These little funky- Is it factory built? Yeah, factory built, but they're kind of like a fiberglass body put over top of it. It looks like it. a Lamborghini uh, yeah. SUV is what it looks like. Yeah, but they're tiny. Yeah. Um, and they're, well, they're based on the, my experience with the Puma, I'm concerned that I wouldn't fit because I got in that Puma. My brother's over one day is like, bro, are you get a fit in this car. I'm like, I never even thought about that. Let me go well, sit inside it. And well, it was that, like, that gurgle that you've got up right there. I mean, think about it. It, it looks like a pin scour, but a mini one. Yeah. 
That's crazy. And this is, but this is not a VW factory built thing or this no, is. No, this is kind of like Rome, sure. One of those other companies that were oh, a, really? a, a coach built type company, but he sold quite a few of these. So things. there's thousands of those. So you're looking for a unique, you want to show up at the thing meet and just kind of snub all the guys show up in a gurgle, 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 gurgle. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. The old gurgle. That's too cool, man. I'm I'm stoked about uh, about realizing that that you can widen your breadth of 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 VW collection and not just limit it to what's happening here. Because I really dig the Brasilia. I think the Brasilias look so good. Yeah. If they're lowered on the right set of wheels, and because it's it's kind of it's almost like a square back meets a rabbit on yeah. the inside. You know, because it almost seems like it's got like a rabbit-looking dashboard and stuff in there. Um, I dig those. Now, so now, what about titling? How, how does that whole thing work? Um, typically, I mean, obviously, since they come in with a clean title, um, the titling it, depending on what state you're going in mm-hmm. and what kind of um, trouble you want to get into in terms of just paperwork. And I, it's just sometimes it's a paperwork mountain and challenge. Uh, there's several ways to do it. Uh, the last few times that I have done them, um, I imported a, I imported a, a, a VW thing at, in, from Mexico, a 78. Right. And um, that one, I just went down to the DMV. I paid for a bonded title. I knew that in two years, the thing would fall off. It would be a fully clean title. That was quick and dirty and easy. The other way to do it is most of your DMVs will have a, a, a sheet that you have to go through to meet all the requirements. Have you had the VIN number checked through the state agency that, you know, they put it into a national agency to see if that VIN number's ever been reported as stolen? Obviously, yeah. it, it wouldn't because it's never been in the United States. And then from there, it's just going through the the process. And then they put that whole package together and send it to sort of central DMV, wherever that may be. The uh, the really, really, I, I brought in a 67, 15 window Brazilian mm-hmm. um, and sold it in two weeks in just, I mean, it, the thing was just clean as can be to a lady in California. It took her two weeks to get the, the title done in California. And everybody thinks, oh, California, you know, DMV. California DMV is not as, as difficult, in my opinion, having lived in California for almost 20 years, mm-hmm. when I was in the middle of doing all these car things, um, not half as much trouble as I've gone through in Colorado. So everywhere you go, it's just a matter of, of dotting and crossing. It really is. I mean, most of the DMVs, there's a way to do it. Yeah, because I think what happened is, I don't know what, what year it happened, but it was before I was born that they stole all the smart people from DMV and then they've loaded them with with people that the second thing they say is not my job. The first thing goes, hmm, I don't think you have all the paperwork. And I'm like, what about the, not my job? Um, because I I'd, I'd purchased a Mexican Beetle. So, and I'd bought a 2003 Mexican Beetle. And I don't know if it was because I had a 2003 and then the paperwork that my friend had given me with it, I, I don't even recall getting the paperwork, but it was almost like a receipt. It wasn't even like a, an official document looking thing, but it was like a receipt from a, a dealership is what he gave me for the paperwork. And I don't think there was a way that I could have registered it here just because the issue was the year it was. Being a 2003, it didn't, it didn't have airbags. It didn't have all these things. And that, that was the, the caveat where I had a challenging time. Yeah, it's the 25 year rule. Yeah. If it's 25 years and older, you don't have to have all the DOT safety features. It, okay. it, it becomes a vintage vehicle. So what does that put us at about 1996 era vehicles? Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, at this point. So you've, so as far as you know, there haven't been too big, I mean, you're going to get a paper title, like a Brazilian title. Does the title look like a, it looks like an official, cause you know, you go to DMV and you go with this thing. looks like a, uh, just a regular receipt from QuickBooks. Nobody's titling anything for yeah. you. You know what I mean? But the piece of the piece of paper that you'll get, it, it looks an, pretty much like a title. It's kind of like an official title. And, and then what I do is I fully translate it block for block. So I've, I've, I've recreated the, the identical look of what their titles do. Mm-hmm. And I plug in all the English sections say in there, VIN number. Um, so the person at DMV doesn't get all twisted and be like, I don't know what this means. Yeah. I'm going to have to put you to the back of the line again. And you're just like, yeah. well, and, and in California, dirty. it's supposed to be a certified translation. And because I have an international degree, I speak Portuguese, I speak Spanish, I speak German. I put my name on it and say, it's been officially translated. And I have the template, so it doesn't bother me. I just, at that point in time, I'm just plugging in the, the vehicle information that's current to whatever you've just bought. Some people that know me know that if it gets too challenging for me, I'm going down to the gift shop here that sells Nevada license plates, and I'm just going to get something that says gambler and put it on the back. So <laughs> if it gets a little too difficult, I'll just go to the gift shop. So you guys need some Nevada plates. You can call Bill here at Let's Talk Dubs. I'll get you some Nevada plates. You can have gambler, slots of fun. I don't know, a couple of different plates, but... Uh, but yeah, that that's the challenge that I had, in the, and, and that was the bummer that I had with my Mexican beetle that I had, is I was never able to register it. So I just wrote dirty all the time. I just registered like a. And the dumb thing about me is I registered a seventy-three title, and here in Nevada, it, it the the smog rule is sixty-seven and older. Still it has to be sixty-seven or older, or you have to go get this stupid license plate that says classic rod or antique vehicle if you don't want to smog it. So if my 90 Celine out there was going to be registered in Nevada, it would have like a classic rod plate on it. It'd look really stupid to say classic rod on a 1990 Celine, but that's the way you don't have to smog it. Um, but hopefully Nevada will change that rule. Uh, so we talked about getting it titled. We talked about getting it here. Um, I think that's uh, that opens up a lot of doors for people, especially people, because I, I think what's happened over the past few years in the VW scene is people have, been looking for something more unique, something a little bit different so that they can stand out at the VW show versus just having a beetle. Now, when you were there uh, in Brazil, is the different thing about the bugs you said was early style bugs up until the late 70s. They were all still small window, vertical vent window, so early glass, all that kind of stuff. Were the taillights lights Because like in Australia, they've had like a mid-sized taillight on the early ones. They have anything different like that on the... Uh, so- they they did go with our version of the '70s style taillights, you know that on kind the of, early Fender, yeah, on, on the early Fender. So that was kind of interesting, and uh, and then they did go with the kind of the more Super Beetle style kind of blocked bumpers, mm-hmm. but they were still small windows. So it is kind of odd when you're driving around down there and you're like, oh, there's a nice early. No, that's not an early Beetle. That's like a '74, '75, but the glass is all small window, interior still low back seats. Um, you know, early style dash, early style, you know, they never went super beetle, never went curved window. Yeah. Um, so, so. You, and you do this mostly as, mostly as like a, a side hobby. Uh, it's not how you feed your family, obviously. So right. if people are going to call you and, and, and want to get into this, it's something that it's something you do as a hobby to help people out because you're a VW enthusiast. How did you get into this whole VW thing. And, and I mean, normally we start the, the conversation with what's your VW story, but what's your VW story and how did you get into Volkswagens? So 
it's, it's a, I guess it's probably multi-tiered because when I was a kid, my dad took a job. He worked for IBM. We moved over to Germany. And so one day, you know, I'm here, I'm eight years old driving in the middle of Stuttgart and my dad goes, Hey, look, and right in front of us at a stoplight at a, in a turn lane was an early fifties convertible top down, beautiful, sunny day, cobblestone road and out pops the semaphore. Yeah. I mean, on a, a convertible. Oh, yeah, it's down I mean, low it's it's down line. low on that on that, and I'm looking at that, and I just I'm smitten. I'm just like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. And so my 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 dad had a coworker who had a sixty something bug, and he takes us on this tour in the countryside, and I'm the little guy. There's four adults in there, and I'm sitting behind the back behind window, the back seat, the, just the, looking yeah. out the back window, and I, I have no idea why I thought it was the coolest thing ever. I'm, I'm sitting on the, the parcel tray and the, you know, of course it's all warm underneath there, but I'm just having the time of my life. And I'm like, this is just the coolest thing ever. And then, you know, you fast forward to when we moved back to Northern California, I'm, that's home to me is, is Northern California Bay Area. And I go into school with the May family. Mr. May is married to a German woman. They have a 21 window. And my friend, Chris, and his brother, Eric, they share this just built to the hilt Baja. Yeah. And we're doing something bad and the cops chase us. I grew up in an area where there's tons of, of um, Saratoga, where there's tons of old orchards. So he whips into the orchard and we're literally tearing down the rows of trees to get away from this cop. He can't, he can't catch us because it's all been plowed, but he's got this Baja and we're just bouncing across this thing. And I'm, I'm just, in heaven. This is like, you know, right. the Duke's a hazard high school, you know? And, and so we get, we get out of there. We, we make it back to his house and we're just on the floor laughing. This is the funniest thing I've ever been through. And at that point in time, I had to have something. And, uh, and so, you know, I, I ended up with a, I don't know, 70 something bug for, you know, about four weeks, couldn't figure it out and just left it. And then when, when my, I got married and we ended up down in San Diego in 98, I finally bought a Carmen Ghia convertible and that was my, my daily driver down there in, Car in, in, in San Diego forever. And, uh, the inestimable Bill May, who, you know, used to race, uh, you know, Gene Berg and those guys, um, he used to tease me about it, not being a, a man's car. And, uh, and so he kept bugging me. He wanted me to buy one of his three sixty sevens that he had. And, yeah. uh, so he finally convinced me and I, I still have, the, the tan 67 with the, you know, May race engineering uh, shifter in it. That's the knockoff of a, uh, of a Gene Berg, a Gene that, Berg that was shifter. an authorized Gene Berg shifter that uh, he was allowed to put his name on. But uh, I, that's, I, I've, I've not had, I've not been without an air cooled ever since. Nice. Yeah. So you got it. So that was in the probably uh, early nineties, late eighties that you were in the VWs that you started getting into them. Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, high school, early, actually early 80s. And then you've had this 67 for how long? Oh, goodness. Uh, 20. 20 some odd years. About, about 21 years now. And it's this, this one's a stalker or it's lower yeah, to street totally car? Totally stuck. I, I've got a little bit of a, you know, a little bit, lower. little bit lowered and, you know, I just picked up some fun wheels. So that'll kind of come into play soon and that nice. kind of thing. So nothing, nothing too hardcore on it just yet, but I've just, just kept it running because it's fully stocked still. 1500 single port. 
And so you, you're in Colorado Springs. So if anybody's in that area or wants to get in touch with you, how do they get in touch with you to, to locate, to bring in their, their very own Brazilian Gia TC? Well, no, so that, well, I have one question. The Gia TCs, do those go for a lot more than the buses down there? Uh, or does it just depend on how it kind of depends on how you buy it and who you're buying it from, but the there's t- not a ton of them, yeah, right? The TCs are more rare. People down there know that. And they're also a more upscale thing. I mean, you, you have to remember, like you go down to downtown Sao Paulo and the guy driving the, the split window bus, mm-hmm. he's not like the retired guy. He's the guy selling mangoes right he bought it to haul mangoes right exactly yeah yeah. you know so they're 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 just a different status symbol level and so the so buying the the gia tc you're buying like the porsche essentially like you're buying like a guy who's got money so they're not you're you're not seeing them on the corner for 50 bucks like they're not at all they're usually probably um you're you're probably well cared for or decently shape decent shape decently well cared for you know typically you're going to start for even Maybe even something that's non-running, you might be somewhere in the in the six thousand range just to start. Let yeah. alone the shipping, and it's going to need work, full restoration, and all that kind of stuff. Now, how available are the parts for these things, like the Brasilias and all that kind of stuff? Are you able to help them source those parts, or those source yeah. are those parts readily available in Brazil? They, they're available. They're not readily available, but again, you know, they've got their version of you know Wolfsburg West down there, mm-hmm. and they'll sell the repopped fenders and and bumpers and and scripts and tail lights, those kinds of things. So those are available. Uh, my recommendation is that if if you're going to do something like that, maybe we just throw in a set of something that's hard to get. Tail lights might be hard to get and maybe a yeah. set of bumpers. I paid like 250 bucks for my tail lights for my Puma. I believe it. Yeah, and he got them. I, I, saw, I sold that car to Joel Moore for less than I had in it, like bar none. But, but I was glad that A, he got it and he's into Pumas. And for me, it was like, such a far off project that there was no way I was going to make anything happen with that car. But yeah, when I bought those, you know, I just hopped on eBay and typed in like clickety clack. I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm going to get uh, some taillights. Oh, here's a set right here. 250 bucks. Let's get them. And then I get the taillights. I'm like, around ah, 250 bucks for those taillights. Jeez. You know, but I mean, if you're, if you're going to pay and get all that stuff, listen, Try, obviously, you want to buy when you're buying anything, you always want to buy the best one you can afford because it's going to save you in the long run. Right. And so, um, the Gia, so we the, the Gia TC, the Brasilia, and uh, the what was it the 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 fifteen window, and then then you've also got you know that that remember that they never did double cabs until bay window era, but they did single cabs. So single cabs are available down there, but a lot of them they didn't use them with side gates. The like our standard side gates, they were stake beds, like, either stake beds or wide body gates. So those are weird, but you can find the the single cabs down there. But what's really odd is once they went to double cabs, they started doing that kind of water cooled version with the little radiator on the front. Yeah, and there's a really rare, not rare, but rare to us diesel versions. So you can get a diesel bay window double cab. That has kind of like the standard like rabbit style diesel. Sure. So those are kind of fun. I, I keep wanting somebody to get one of those because those things right now are just dirt cheap. Yeah. Running, driving. And of course, they're, you know, early, mid 80s. So they're still, they haven't been beat to heck. They haven't been used, you know, as, and abused like a, you know, a, a 68 or 67, 15 window. Would sure. Be. So sure. It's kind of fun. No, I'm, I'm, uh, I mean, I'm excited to see a bunch of people bring in some TCs and, uh, 
and bring in some of these, uh, man, the Brazilians. I just dig a Brazilian, man. Find me a cherry Brazilia. Let's let's get a couple of those in. There. We might just have to get a couple of those in here. I don't know. I'm just I'm a glutton for punishment. But yeah, the 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 one that I saw in Salt Lake, man, it was like it was like a new car. It had like a yeah. few thousand original miles on it. It was like a baby blue. I mean, it was a dang yeah. nice car. They're neat cars, that's for sure. Yeah. So the, how somebody can get in touch with me yeah. is, uh, so I, I do have a little Facebook page called USA Combi Connection, and that's Combi with a K. And, uh, you know, sometimes I post up pictures of what's available, what I've found, what I've brought in, mm-hmm. and uh, and go from there. It has uh, my contact information and phone number on there. You can message me. I usually have it. You know, I've got that messenger app and, and what's I'll, a good what's a good email for you? Uh, just Brian Hamrick at gmail.com. And okay. that's B-R-I-E-N. Yeah, he spells it special guy, so prepare yourself. But yeah, he's uh, he's special. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's uh uh I mean, shoot, I, I'm excited that there's another resource to go through. And like I said, because you do it as a hobby, you're not looking to try to get rich off it. You're just trying to get more of these cars into this country and having the experience of bringing in a few vehicles. It's good to have somebody be able to walk you through this without you know, being the fourth guy on the deal, because by the time the fourth thing of this thing, this deal gets stepped on, it's going to be super expensive and you're going to be radically disappointed with what you get. So you guys make sure and, uh, and, and look Brian up. And, and if you're wanting to bring one of these cars in, you want to be the talk of, uh, 10 Abama, wherever you might be from, and you want to show up to the latest car meet with something cool, get yourself a Brasilia or get yourself a 15 window bus. And, um, or, you know, or an SP2. SP2, yeah. Those are gangster boogie too. I mean, those. there's a lot of these different cars. And so can they find out all the different cars that you can snag down there on your Facebook page? You yeah, most of that of stuff's of down there. And, you know, and again, and somebody can just ask, you know, because I mean, think about this. You, you also have the 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 Volkswagen water-cooled Severo, which is kind of like that mini, you know, Subaru brat-looking truck. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, there's all those weird things down there and uh, – and we can find them, and as long as they're 25 years old and older, uh, we no can import it. No problem at all. And you're and you're there uh, b- b- with the service you provide. You're making sure that you're getting legal paperwork with it. Yes. Everything's on the up and up, and it's totally legit. And the resources and stuff that you have in place is the reason why someone wants to use you because you've already gone through these channels, done 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 the homework to get this done. So, man, I'm glad I'm glad we got to sit down and chat and 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 especially have you down in the studio because I love and everybody that listens loves the studio recorded podcast way better because the audio quality is much nicer. So, plus I get to see all the cool cars in the driveway. Yeah, listen, I get to get your eardrums blown out by the carbon cabs radical exhaust system. But uh Yeah, that was definitely <laughs> I was st- literally sitting 4 feet from the engine bay with my camera rolling and he fires that thing up and I'm telling you it, it, it blew my hair back literally and on top of that my eardrums yeah and one of the buddies that came with me he's he has some hearing loss in one side of his ear and I said hey sorry about the last part of your hearing and he's like huh yeah exactly no it's uh listen it's always great to have people here in the studio and come by and check out some of the cars and really fun s- some of them are missing right now I, I, the Boron bus is getting surgery right now she's going from a 13 to a 21. And everybody wow. was like, why are you doing that with your bus? And I'm like, because it's my bus. And I, I always wanted a 21. I actually at one point was going to trade my bull run bus for somebody's builder 21 project. I said, I'll give you this running, driving turnkey bus for that builder. And I'm glad I didn't because now I still have my bus and, uh, and I'm able to do the skylights and sunroof. So hopefully that'll be hitting the streets this summer. We'll get that dude back on the road and, uh, 
yeah, I'm 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 stoked, man. I'm glad I'll, I'm glad we got all this information. I'm looking forward to uh, to doing this. And also, if people like if somebody's looking for a Puma, you can get them a Puma. Yeah, they again, you know, the Pumas down there came from the factory. They weren't a kit like they were up here. Yeah. So yeah, we can find those down there. They're a little less because you know they were fiberglass, mm-hmm. and uh, you know the wh- fiber. I, I can attest to the fact the fiberglass work in Brazil. Not the best. I don't know how you say not the best in Portuguese. How do you say not the best? <laughs> now o melhor. Yeah, not going to be great because I could see through the like I could see it was it seemed really thin and and the and the the pumas that I've seen have a lot of stress cracks in them because the fiberglass quality wasn't super good. I mean, they weren't thinking these things were going to be on the road forty five years later. You right. know what I mean? Um, but for yeah, sure, just find your local you know uh, surfboard. You know, yeah. re- ding repair dude. Those guys can fix that up That's real quick. It, that or a, or some guy on meth who's got the time to sit there and fill all those cracks. Man, <laughs> one of the two. Because I'm telling you, I talked to a boat shop out here, and that guy just, I was like, oh, oh he probably right. just laughed in your face. Yeah, he was like, "That's a lot." I'll of, tell you this. You know, what would cracks. look really, really cool is just to fix it. Mm. Do real carbon fiber wrap as a layer. That there would look go. really cool. It'd probably be super cheap too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, glassing is never cheap. No, that's awesome. Well, man, Brian, I'm glad to have you on the podcast today. I think it's been really informative to a lot of people. I, I love the idea of people bringing in more unique vehicles because it just keeps pushing the game and brings more people to be bringing more things out uh, that 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 keeps our hobby going and moving along. So if you guys are out there, you're looking for anything from Brazil, any VW stuff, uh, make sure you go check out U.S. Combi Connection over there on Facebook. Hit them up. Let them know that you heard about it on Let's Talk Dubs. And uh, any shout-outs you want to give before we uh, end the podcast? Nah, man. I just just uh, like to say thanks to all the people that have uh, you know been friend befriended me and 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 treated me well and and, and taught me well. The, the the wealth of information that's out there, if you're willing to listen, is amazing. I mean, you've, you've got, you know, like, like Bill May, who was a great friend of mine. He introduced me to Dave Cormack, who, I mean, if you're yeah. friends with Dave Cormack, you're kind of like in, but he is the coolest guy out there. And, you know, and all, all the other guys that I don't know personally at this point that, that I hear about and I, I follow and, and, and I'm in awe of, of what they've done and the effort they've put into, to not only keep this, this, this hobby alive but also to take it to the next level i mean you've got yeah. all the you know aj sims and all those guys that are just pushing the envelope on what can be done and i love it no it's awesome man well look i'm glad to have you on man and we'll i'm sure we'll do it again we'll we'll, we'll do something in the future where we may do one podcast just on brazilias i'm gonna do some homework on the brazilias because i'm in love with brazilias hey how about you and i take a trip down there i'm ready I'm, okay I heard of some crime down there, so I don't know how ready I am. I got to hide my jewels and look out. I don't know if they got piranhas there like they do in Peru. But then they can do. just snatch your clothes clean off you with some razor blades. Now, we'll, so. we'll go to some of the safe places. <laughs> and again, I, I, I know some of the guys down there that that can get us into places. I, I, I Trust me, I've done some stupid stuff down there. I, I, rode, yeah. I rode the subway down into what we would consider the hood. Yeah. Th- this place, the, the dude that I met, was like i'm glad you made it safe man you're under my protection now yeah and yeah. Uh, it was really cool but there, there's some of the nicest people you'll ever meet down there treat you like gold and uh, and, and it's just so fun I, I just in closing yeah when i was down there last in in uh 2014 um i i, I was invited to just a, a local 
show. You know, I mean, just kind of like the get together. There was 950 VWs there. Yeah, the scene down there is off the charts, man. I mean, yeah, it's it gigantic. Awesome. So, I, I mean, I think uh, I think Let's Talk Dubs would love to go down there to Brazil and just to celebrate that scene down there because everything that I see on Instagram, because really that's how they have access to the rest of the world is through Instagram and Facebook. And they're just, I mean, it's like they had the new Hawaiian look on Hot VWs and I and I went on the podcast and said, that ain't the new Hot, that's not the new Hawaiian look, that's the Brazilian look, man. The Brazilians have been doing that for a long time with the super deep three-piece smoothies in the back and just this super gangster slammed out look and that's what I've been seeing. I follow some guys out of Brazil and I've just been seeing such cool stuff that's coming out of there. So those guys, and, and how resourceful are they because they're just you know working with what they have over there and they don't have the resources that we have and they build some pretty nice stuff down there so yeah, yeah maybe we'll do that man well cool brother good having you on and uh thanks for having me we'll uh we'll do this again man thanks all right later well if you guys like that episode make sure you go click and share the podcast go like our page on facebook follow us on instagram and most importantly if you want to support the podcast, go to letstalkdubs.com, go to the store, and buy some merchandise to support the podcast. So now it's the time for some shout-outs. Uh, Patrick Fogarty just started listening to the podcast, left a review on Facebook, and he says he discovered it three days ago, and now he's on down to episode 42. So he was on a major listening binge, and I think he sent me a message that he actually listened to just about everything. We also got James Johnson back in November, uh, went ahead and uh, liked the podcast and left, left us a review. And he said he found the podcast on a whim, and he's got to say it's his favorite thing to listen to now while he's driving or tinkering in the shop. Peter Dan Mabalot says, hearing the history and the, of the customization of these awesome vehicles is dope. I could listen to these stories of the guests on this podcast forever. Great job. Scott Coda says, great show. I listen to the shows while I'm at work. Make the day a lot more enjoyable. Dave Lincoln gave us a good review. These are all the reviews on Facebook. Man, I just can't, uh, they just keep coming. They just keep coming, man. This one says, great in every way, funny, interesting, and I learned a lot. Thanks from Norway. So here's a dude with a circle slash in his name, last name Kajos. <laughs> so he gave us a, a good review. David Pike gave us a good review on our Facebook page. You know, lots of uh, lots of people here on the podcast uh, Facebook page are putting lots of uh, good reviews up for us. So if you like what you hear, guys, don't forget to rate and review us. If you can, go to Apple uh, podcast and review us give us five stars and it helps other people that are into vw's find our podcast as well so we've been tracking steadily growing we've gone over fifty thousand downloads so far so it's about a thousand people a little less than a thousand people a week are listening right now so uh, appreciate you guys and until next week man later a volkswagon is a nice station wagon to have